Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but sweat happens. That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox fabric sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kmart announces the Freedom Store is closing forever. Millions of dollars in inventory must be sold. Store-wide discounts up to 75% off. Every department is on sale. All fine jewelry, fashion apparel, footwear, toys, health and beauty aids, and cosmetics are now on sale in-store. Everything must go, nothing held back, selling to the bare walls. Even store fixtures are all for sale. Shop now for best selection, only at the Kmart store in Freedom at 1702 Freedom Boulevard. It is business as usual at all other Kmart stores. What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. is my longtime friend, former Eagles beat writer for NJ.com, former Sports Talk Radio for, uh, for 97.5, the fanatic, Matt Lombardo. He now covers NFL for Fansided, also talks Giants, but really the, the national football columns that he's doing for Fansided right now are absolutely incredible. Always great source reporting in these. Matt, thanks for joining the show, man. It's great to talk to you again. You got it, Connor. Thanks for having me on, bud. Absolutely. So, your latest NFL column I had to have you on, obviously, about was because you you highlighted Carson Wentz and his struggles, and you highlighted the Eagles and Doug Peterson, and uh, the right off the bat, well, I don't want to say the first couple of paragraphs. Sage Rosenfels immediately tells you Carson Wentz at San Francisco is a whole different story. He's an All Pro right now. That's, I mean, what a what a, it's crazy, man. You're talking about Doug Peterson who won a Super Bowl with his backup quarterback against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and now we're talking about he needs to be replaced. This, this whole team is falling apart around him due to him. Uh, just from talking to your sources, from covering the Eagles, I mean, you were here when they drafted Carson Wentz. Up until this point, you have to be surprised yourself. Yeah, Connor, it's really something. And like I wrote in the column, it's kind of amazing how the mighty have fallen, right? Because you think back to 2017 and going into that gotta have a game against the Rams before Carson Wentz dove for the goal line on a gotta have it touchdown and shredded his ACL. 
he looked every bit the part of an MVP that year and had the Eagles in position to win home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And of course, Nick Foles went on to win the Super Bowl, as you alluded to. But you watch Carson Wentz this year and, you know, the Eagles have been on in prime time a handful of times and they played the Giants twice. So I've gotten to see them a little bit. It just looks like Carson Wentz doesn't trust the supporting cast around him doesn't trust himself, and he looks like he's dramatically regressed in year five. Now, obviously, their running game has been hit or miss with Miles Sanders being out, and the offensive line has been a revolving door of guys off the street and practice squad players for much of the year, and that really you know, has played into some of this. But as a scout told me, he's never seen Carson Wentz's decision-making look worse than this. And as you pointed out, Sage Rosenfels tells me that if you put Carson Wentz in San Francisco, he's an all-pro right now. And, you know, it's it's kind of incredible when you think about Doug Peterson and the job that he did in the first two or three years. But Sage has the belief, and, and this year it's kind of bore out, that when you look at the Andy Reeds and the Sean McVeighs and the Kyle Shanahan's, these are the head coaches that consistently get the best out of their quarterbacks. And right now, Doug Peterson and his system isn't doing that. Right. And it is interesting that they pointed out they and I, I fully agree. They compared the situation in Chicago with Matt Nagy right now, who is, again, a former Andy Reid pupil who was the offensive coordinator for Andy Reid, just like he replaced uh, Doug Peterson as offensive coordinator with the Chiefs when Doug Peterson was hired by the Eagles. And now he's given up his play calling duties. It, it's just crazy to see because I, I don't think anybody's expected this from Doug Peterson, especially after how he performed in the Super Bowl. Uh, in Philadelphia, though, as you know yourself, because you're still around the area, you're still familiar with the team, it's a blame game. It's a, are we blaming Carson Wentz? Should we be blaming Doug Peterson? Harry Roseman also drafted a quarterback in the second round uh, when it wasn't really a uh, really necessity at the time. It's just I, – I look at it and I want to blame every single person in this situation because I think you made a great point there. Carson Wentz's decision-making has never looked like this. It's never – even at North Dakota State, he has never been this turnover-worthy. Uh, Especially – I mean, I know the fumbles have been a thing, but the interceptions this year are just nothing like he's ever done before in his career. We're all trying to figure out what's going on with him. My question to you is, from talking to former GM scouts and all this stuff, when you see how the Eagles assembled their offensive coaching staff this year where they decide not to go with an offensive coordinator after letting go Mike Rowe this past offseason, they bring in uh, – consultants you should say rich game marty morningwig and is there too many hooks in the kitchen per se is there too many people in this room talking to doug pearson's ear and he can't really function and uh call a game so to say without this type because really what we look at we say doug pearson has regressed ever since frank reich left and he's regressed ever since john d Filippo left and we're looking around and think that's the issue is that he needs coaches around him but I'm not so sure they have the right guys in place, given the track records of Morning Wigan and Scandarello. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think of what the dynamic is of the Eagles offensive coaching staff. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, you, you think back to Doug Peterson in that year. How often did we hear about the collaboration between Peterson and Frank Reich and Saturday night before 
a big game that they would go through and script out the first 15 plays. Now, I'm sure that's still happening with whoever is in the room that night before, whoever the consultant of choice is. But you look at what Frank Reich has been able to do with the Indianapolis Colts since his arrival. They're a force in the AFC South, even with you know a lot of uncertainty at quarterback, whether it was Andrew Luck's injuries and what you're going to get from Phillip Rivers on a week-to-week basis. Uh, so I agree. I, I think that when you think back to Doug Peterson's success, I don't think that enough credit was given to Frank Reich at the time for that Super Bowl team and what that offense was. But I'll go a step further. You brought up John DeFilippo. And what's interesting is I remember Carson Wentz's rookie training camp and the ball just fluttered out of his hands on his first couple of throws. And you kind of looked around and you said, "Okay, this is the guy they took second overall. This is the guy they traded up to go and get. And you kind of scratched your head. And of course, Carson, to his credit and to DeFilippo, Credit for a lot of this, they rebuilt his throwing motion rather quickly. You saw his footwork improve dramatically at the start of his second year, and his, he's athletically as gifted as it gets in the NFL. And I think that when fully healthy and with the right supporting cast around him, Carson Wentz is probably a top 10 quarterback. It's just his decision making right now, and I would go venture a guess to say his coaching isn't putting him in a position to reach that potential. And Filippo was one of the few guys that could get rid of, get through to Carson. He was a guy that could give him tough love. He was a guy that uh, wasn't afraid to criticize him, to break him down and build him back up. And you look at the coaching staff, the Eagles have in place now, they don't have that voice on this staff to get through to Carson. And it just seems as though um, nobody is pushing Carson at this point. They're kind of letting him do his own thing and, and go about it the way that he sees fit. And I think that that's something that they're missing at this point. I completely agree. And then I think the Eagles just trust Carson Wentz's talent at this point in time. I, I really, ever since uh, that coaching staff started to leave, is that they believe he has the talent to work his way out. He they believe he has the talent to be the player he has to be. I feel like he's not being coached up as really as he should. I mean, he's year five. I put him along the lines of Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger caliber quarterbacks where uh, very talented. You know, you can win with them. But uh, during times throughout their careers, they needed better offensive coaching. Matthew Stafford needed Jim Caldwell to come in here and improve his overall play. Uh, ben Roethlisberger needed a change of scenery from Todd Haley after he had Bruce Arians for years and he was struggling with Haley. I think something like that has to happen to Carson Wentz. But I really question if the Eagles really do they fire Doug Peterson, though. I I, I mean, the guy's a couple years removed from Super Bowl. They've been to the playoffs within the last couple of years. It's going to be a hard sell to say, hey, you know, we have, I mean, we have to move on from you. I know that it's the struggles and whatnot and the injuries and then the COVID going on, but we have to move on from you now just so we can get because of our quarterback. But, uh, you know, Jeffrey Lurie, as well as everybody else, he's an aggressive owner. When things start, when the sink starts, uh, excuse me, when the ship starts to sink, he's the first person to start making a float again. I'm just wondering if there's any possibility because I, I just don't know. I, I really at this point, I am not sure. Do the Eagles go into this offseason and say, you know, we need to make a change of head coach? I think it's very possible, Connor. And you, you just look at the dynamic between Doug Peterson and Roseman. That seems frayed a little bit behind the scenes. And you certainly had that heated discussion on the practice field way back in September between the two of them. And, you know, you brought up Howie Roseman earlier. 
And Howie Roseman, I think, deserves a lion's share of the blame for where the Eagles are at this point. You look at the draft this year, and it's easy to second-guess the pick of Jalen Hurts, but I look at the Jalen Hurts pick as insurance against Carson Wentz after all of his injuries over the last 35 months following Andrew Luck's footsteps to an early retirement. And I talked to people around the league who thought that that was a very legitimate possibility after the concussion with the Jadavian Clowney hit last year. Um, but the bigger issue and the biggest concern, and I talked to a former general manager who said this point blank, they need to start drafting better. It's been several years since they've had the caliber of drafts that you would expect a team to be able to have to replenish a championship caliber roster. And I look no further than passing on Justin Jefferson in favor of Jalen Rager. And, you know, Rager might wind up being a nice piece. He certainly has a lot of speed. And now that he's getting healthy, you're seeing some of that potential. But Justin Jefferson's arguably the offensive rookie of the year, if it's not Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow. He currently has more receptions and more receiving yards than Randy Moss did as a rookie, and the Eagles passed up on him, and it took all the 15 seconds off the clock for the Vikings to run their card up to the table and take Jefferson themselves. So in my opinion, Connor, the Eagles have a lot of issues to worry about in terms of fixing Carson Wentz, and the skill set and the talent seems to be there. I don't know that this is the right coaching staff to do it, but the biggest issue for the Eagles moving forward, and I wrote about this on the co- in the column, that they're $68 million over the cap next year. And you start to look at some of the players, and yes, Jason Pierre-Paul will come off, or excuse me, uh, Jason Peters will come off the books, and um, Brandon Graham might come off the books, and they're probably going to try to trade Zach Ertz if they can get a suitor this offseason. But you're talking about Fletcher Cox and all these guys who were your Super Bowl core accounting for over $110 million in cap space in a year where the cap is going to decrease. And now the Eagles are just one of many teams in cap hell, and they're going to have to shift some money around and trade some guaranteed money for signing bonus money and salary to bonuses and try to structure their salary cap to get under it. And Howie's a wizard at that. But when you talk about mismanaging the cap and all of those issues and those big contracts coming home to roost, and you talk about the poor drafting over the last several years, um, it's almost as if the rot here starts at the top, and that starts with Howie Roseman. Now, I tend to believe from talking to people around the league that Howie Roseman's in a safer spot than Doug Peterson in Jeffrey Lurie's eyes, but I wouldn't put it past, and I'd say there's maybe a 3 to 5% chance of there being a complete house cleaning with a new general manager and a new head coach in place. But what's most likely here is that Doug Peterson is gone after this year if the Eagles don't make the postseason and maybe win a playoff game. Be the first to experience Great Wolf Lodge Manteca, your drive-to destination for family fun. Bringing families together guides everything we do. It's why we created the Paw Pledge, our program focused on health and safety so you can focus on your family. Sure, there are water slides, games, and plenty of adventure, but we're here so you can connect and grow closer than ever before. Let us keep you safe while you play. Book your family getaway at the new Great Wolf Lodge Manteca. Use code CALIFORNIA for exclusive deals at greatwolf.com. Kmart announces the Freedom Store is closing forever. Millions of dollars in inventory must be sold. Store-wide discounts up to 75% off. Every department is on sale. All fine jewelry, fashion apparel, footwear, toys, health and beauty aids, and cosmetics are now on sale in-store. Everything must go. Nothing held back. Selling to the bare walls. Even store fixtures are all for sale. Shop now for best selection only at the Kmart Store in Freedom at 1702 Freedom Boulevard. It is business as usual at all other Kmart stores. 
That's insane. I mean, I was going to say to you, because I, I read the column, and you, the former GM that you spoke to does think that the Eagles should go into a full rebuild, but uh, to, fi- to fire High Rose and bring in a new general manager and ask him to deal with this cap situation, uh, not favorable position. I don't think Jeffrey Leary has the guts to do that. Uh, no, and, and you look at the Giants and, and, you know, people can make fun of Dave Gettleman and a lot of his moves deserve criticism. But, you know, look at the situation he inherited with the cap space and he couldn't get out of his own way in terms of trading away talented players. But at least some of those moves like trading Olivier Vernon and to some extent Odell Beckham Jr., which was kind of a, uh, a, a self-inflicted wound when you sign into the big contract. But a lot of those trades, Jason Pierre, Paul for draft picks, those were made to clear cap space off the books. And the Giants are just now, three years down the line, starting to look like a functioning football team because they've been able to go out and draft a little bit better. They might have found the quarterback in Daniel Jones. But my point here is, if you're bringing in a new general manager and you're looking at a teardown situation, it's going to take a lot of tearing because there's a lot of guaranteed money that needs to come off the books and you have to find suitors in trade markets to get rid of some of these veterans. So if Jeffrey Lurie fires Howie Roseman, which I wouldn't rule out, they better have the right guy in mind to not only tear it down, but also build it back up because you know, the fans in Philadelphia, they have less than zero patience for a rebuild. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're already done with Doug Peterson and I, I can only imagine and pretty much done with Harry Roseman himself too. But uh, again, just not a favorable position that you ask a general manager to come into dealing with this cap situation that the Eagles have uh, coming up. But I do notice, I mean, Carson wants his contract, obviously states he's with the Eagles for at least the next two years. Uh, brought up to you multiple times throughout this article as well that they're going to go into it with Carson Wentz no matter what. If Matt Lombardo is in charge of the Eagles right now. He's the general manager. He got hired. He replaces Hyatt Roseman. What is your steps to fixing Carson Wentz and fixing this Philadelphia Eagles team immediately? Well, I'm probably, depending on what happens against the Cleveland Browns and depending what happens the following week, I believe against the Packers, um, I, if the Eagles don't win both of those games and take a commanding lead in the NFC East, I'm probably playing Jalen Hurts the rest of the way because I think that at least part of Carson Wentz's issues are that he needs to step back and, and see what's happening. I, I don't think that you can fix his mistakes as a five-year veteran asking him to go out there and do the same thing every single week. Um, I, I think that you need to play Hurts to decide whether this is an Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre situation and two years down the line, you're going to be able to continue developing Hurts and have him be your successor to Carson Wentz if you decide to go in a different direction because right now it doesn't look like Carson is the guy to lead you back to Super Bowl caliber play Um, and at the same time if Hurts plays really really well in a quarterback driven league if you're committed to Wentz and you believe that you can build the coaching staff to maximize him if Hurts plays well you can feature him and trade him for premium draft picks to continue rebuilding. So I'd probably play Hurts the rest of the way if the playoffs are out of reach. And I would look to trade Zach Ertz. I would take calls on Fletcher Cox. And I would try to um, strip down some of this guaranteed money um, that are owed to these high-priced veteran players. I know that the Eagles, for a fact, prefer Dallas Goddard in the deep passing game to Zach Ertz. So they have Goddard in place. If you can get a, a second or a third or a fourth-round pick for Zach Ertz, if you can you know, figure out what you're going to do with Jalen Hurts in the future, I think that's at least a start to figuring out what you have and what you want to be moving forward. That's an interesting taste. So you would pretty much go full Seattle rebuild with this thing, basically. 
Yeah, I, I think that you almost have to, um, just given the cap situation. If you can negotiate down some of those numbers and move some of the guaranteed money to later years and get players to buy into that, then great. But I don't know that that's an open and shut case that, that players are going to be able to do that. Since you're covering the league now and your decision seems to be the best for the Eagles is to move on from Doug Peterson uh, with the up-and-coming coaching candidates that are going to be in the Knicks for head coaching jobs this offseason, who do you think in your mind that you could just think, oh, I know this is a complete question off the top of your head, but who do you think would be the available options to come in and be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles and get the best out of Carson Wentz? I mean, people might laugh at this, but I think you have to go and make a run at Joe Brady if you decide to move on. Um, from Doug Peterson. You look at what he's doing with Matt Rule down there in Carolina. You look at what they've been able to get out of Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. You look at all the speed that they have at wide receiver and how they've been able to maximize it. And just the track record of Joe Brady and what he did at LSU with Joe Burrow. I know it's a big leap to go from quarterback coach in college to offensive coordinator in the NFL to head coach in two and a half years. But that would be the type of dynamic up-and-coming um, coach that I would probably go after. No, I mean, uh, Jeffrey Lurie did that once before. He got the unorthodox hire of Andy Reid back in the day. So I, Very I, true. I, 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 I do see Joe Brady. Joe Brady's a possibility to be head coach regardless if it's not with the Philadelphia Eagles because I, I do believe that you're absolutely correct. I know how young he is, but I do believe he is the future Sean McVay. He's the future Kyle Shanahan type coach of this league that we're looking for as the and, next and guy you, up. And, I, and I'll tell you this, that the Eagles might be reluctant to go back to the Andy Reid coaching tree for a second straight year. Uh, but if you want an experienced offensive coordinator, a guy who calls plays from time to time, go get Eric Bieniemy. Bieniemy and Todd Bowles are probably going to be two of the most sought-after coaching candidates in the NFL. This is still an attractive job. If Carson Wentz winds up returning to form and you can you know, have some young players like Rager and Miles Sanders there's, and Dallas Goddard, of course, this, this offense has some playmakers. It's an attractive job. And Bieniemy has experience in a high-powered offense with an elite quarterback. Now, granted, Andy Reid has kind of taken Patrick Mahomes under his wing, and there's a real father-son relationship there. But Bieniemy's been in those rooms. He's, you know, called some of the plays, and he's helped develop Patrick Mahomes. So, if you can't get Brady, I think Bieniemy would be on my short list. Yeah, I, I, I do think it's going to be interesting if, the, if Jeffrey Lurie is quick to plug off the Andy Reid tree again. But, I mean, Miami's going to be a head coach regardless. He's going to be a great one. I, I firmly believe that as well. But interesting to hear you bring up Todd Bowles. I mean, he has had ties with Philadelphia as well. I don't know if they go defensive per se. But uh, interesting that you even think Todd Bowles gets another shot. I'm guessing the, the perception around the league is it's just New York Jets. Don't take, him, don't take it seriously. He can, this guy deserves another shot. Yeah, I mean, I talk to people around the league who think that he's going to be one of the first coaches hired just based on what he's been able to do um, in Tampa Bay in terms of being a defensive play caller. Now, obviously, offensive coaches are going to take precedent in this day and age, um, but you've seen some offensive coaches flame out in recent years, and you've seen special teams coaches like Joe Judge break the mold and have reasonable success early on. There's no reason why Bowles with his track record and his ability to build a defense won't be a, a hot name as well. That's interesting. I mean, I am big fans of Robert Salala. I know he's has a lot of injuries with San Francisco this year that he's dealing with, but then also Matt Uberfuss over there in Indianapolis, I thought would be two prime defensive candidates Did not think it's hot Bowles. So that's interesting. I, I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. What he's doing with Tampa Bay is amazing. And I do think, 
to judge him off his Jets tenure would be wrong. Uh, interesting pick, so I do like that. Joe Brady. I really like Joe Brady, the future of the Philadelphia Eagles, the young guy. That, you know, what when Chip Kelly got here, and it was so an exciting thing, and he was supposed to be revolutionized the offense and become this huge icon. I could see Joe Brady being that type of figure just because how young he is and what he's done with LSU, like you said, with Joe Burrow, hand-in-hand. Uh, hand. And then he is doing a great job in Carolina this year with Teddy Bridgewater and staff. Uh, Robbie Anderson is flourishing under Joe Brady right now. I, I I would not mind that take at all. That age does not worry me at all. I, I love that. I'm, I'm excited for viewers to hear that. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see how it plays out. Again, you know, the it, it's a lot tougher to fire your head coach in an era of a global pandemic if you win mm-hmm. the division and maybe win a playoff game. So if Doug Peterson guides the Eagles back to the postseason, if they win a game, uh, I don't think you'll see wholesale changes. But if things come off the rails here and the Giants wind up winning the NFC East, I think everything's on the table for the Eagles. I agree. If the, if the Eagles don't win the NFC East, I do think Jeffy Leary makes a change because this division, I mean, they lost, Cowboys lost Dak. The Giants weren't expected to compete. The Washington wasn't expected to do much. And this division with Dak being out was pretty much handed to you on a silver platter and you couldn't even win it. I think would probably be a fireball offense with Jeffrey Leary's eyes. We know how aggressive he is. Uh, I, I, I'm on the fence about firing Doug Peterson still personally. I think I I think I would want to go back to the drawing board with him and say, hey, look, let's go back to what worked with you. Let's put strong guys like a Jay Gruden, perhaps, if Jacksonville Queens House has an offensive coordinator around you or somebody who's called plays who has an understanding of doing so and uh, to help you out. But, I mean, as he said multiple times and as he's told multiple beat writers for the Eagles, he's not going to give up play calling. He refuses to give up play calling. That's a huge reason why they missed out on Graham Harrell offensive coordinator from UC, uh, USC this offseason because Doug Peterson did not want to give a play calling. So that's the only issue I see with it. If Jeffy Lurie and Doug had that meeting at the end of the year, Jeffy Lurie obviously makes the decisions because he made the decision on Mike Grow to pull the plug on that. Uh, I would be interested to see if Doug Peterson would even step down if it was even asked of him to uh, relinquish play calling. We need to give bring another guy in here because uh, I just think he's that strongly for play calling. Yeah, I, I think it'll be fascinating. And and look, when he had a legitimate, strong offensive coordinator in his ear, in Frank Reich, helping him design game plans and design scripted first 15 plays, Doug Peterson was one of the more aggressive and successful play callers in the league, him and Sean McVay. So I, I think that obviously the potential's there. I think he just needs the right supporting cast around him. And I don't know that that right supporting cast is going to come through and not call plays. I think you're absolutely right about that. All right. So my last couple of questions for you. One, if you think the Eagles move on for Doug Pearson, do you think now covering the whole entire National Football League that there is another job out there for him as a head coach? You know, I, I'd have to think about that. Um, I think that he'd probably have to go and become a coordinator. Um, but if, but if he's fired, sure. I think the jets would probably pick up the phone. I think they, they'd be interested. Um, just off the top of my head, looking around the rest of the league, maybe one of the teams out in the, uh, in the AFC South, maybe the Houston Texans call his name and he gets a chance to go work with Deshaun Watson. Um, but, but I think that there's probably a select few jobs that he'd be the top name for when you have guys like Brady, Bienemy, and Bowles 
all at the top of that list. And then guys in, from the college ranks, like uh, I, I, this might be the year that Jim Harbaugh jumps back to the NFL. This might be the year that Lane Kiffin jumps to the NFL. This might be the year that Dan Mullen becomes a popular name in coaching circles. He's a guy that I've heard thrown around in various organizations that they'd be a little bit intrigued by. So there's only so many jobs to go around, and I don't know how many jobs are going to come open in the middle of this pandemic. All right, then my last question for you, my friend, is do you still have faith in Carson Wentz as a talented quarterback? Do you think he could be top 10 caliber quarterback in this league once again? You know, I, I just go off what I've heard from coaches. And coaches around the league tell me that from a talent standpoint, Carson Wentz is probably a top 10 quarterback. Now, I don't know that his decision making is there right now. I don't know that I would put him personally as one of the top 10 quarterbacks in this league. Um, but, but based on what I'm seeing right now, I think that Carson is more in the 15 to 20 or 20 to 25 range in terms of quarterbacks in the NFL. Look, just look around at some of the young quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, to me, is already a top five quarterback in this league. And I think in terms of his athletic abilities and his combination of talent meeting Cliff Kingsbury's scheme puts him in a great position. Everyone around the league, coaches, scouts, executives believe that Justin Herbert's on the cusp of being a top 10 quarterback if he isn't already. Joe Burrow has taken the league by storm. And that's before you even talk about the mainstays like Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, who are all top five quarterbacks in this league right now. I just don't think that Carson Wentz is in that tier. I think that if you were structuring it by tiers, Wentz is probably a tier two or tier three quarterback at this point with the talent to rise above that if the supporting cast around him and the coaching for him gets better. Matt Lombardo, formerly of NJ.com, covered the Eagles, also did Philadelphia sports for 97.5 The Fanatic. He is now on Fanside doing an NFL national columnist. Absolutely love it, my friend. You're doing great work over there at Fanside. Excited to continue watching you grow. Uh, you are the future NFL reporter. I'm excited for you, my friend. Appreciate it, Connor. Keep up the great work on the podcast and everything else. You're doing a great job. I appreciate it, my brother. I'll talk to you soon. Looking for a way to make online learning a better option for your family? When it comes to virtual learning, experience matters. Tuition-free K-12-powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of experience to work for you, giving your child the personalized learning they deserve without disruptions. With a K-12-powered school, students gain the skills they need to be prepared for their next steps in life, building a better future for each one of us. K-12, education for any one. Learn more at k12.com. Looking for a way to make online learning a better option for your family? When it comes to virtual learning, experience matters. Tuition-free K-12-powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of experience to work for you, giving your child the personalized learning they deserve without disruptions. With a K-12-powered school, students gain the skills they need to be prepared for their next steps in life, building a better future for each one of us. K-12, education for any one. Learn more at k12.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.